Welcome to the Mass Youth Soccer Grassroots Podcast. My name's Rob Holiday, and I'm joined by our technical director, Ian Mulliner. Welcome back, everybody, and we're still waiting to hear from you, so don't be afraid. Let us know what you want to hear, or even if you've liked some of the things that you've already heard. Absolutely. Uh, we are a little disappointed that we haven't uh, received any feedback since our previous podcast uh, based upon Play Practice Play, uh, which was recorded 27 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so please do reach out with questions, comments. Um, we'd love to hear from you, if, especially if you're in the Massachusetts coaching community. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about managing the performance environment. Uh, Ian, please let us know what that means. Managing the performance environment in its simplest form is it's about who are the people that influence you and who are the people that you can influence. So to encapsulate that, I would say your spheres of influence in soccer. Thank you. Let's pretend we are a volunteer youth soccer coach in a Massachusetts organization. Uh, who do I influence? as that youth soccer coach? First person you influence without a doubt is the player. The second person who you would like on your team, whether you believe this or not, but you need the parents of those players on your team. You need them because in most cases, they are the people who actually are able to get the players to the practice and to the game. So you need them as part of your team. So two very influential people or sets of people right off the bat. Absolutely. And for, for the most part, managing the performance environment uh, is everything that happens off of the field. Um, yes, parents are on the sideline. Um, yes, I've noticed. For both games and practices. Uh, but really, we're, we're talking about the interactions that take uh, place outside of practices and games um, that can really help shape a positive experience for those players. Uh, so where does that start with the parents? The first thing you need to do is invite them in. I mean, what we tend to do in the youth soccer environment is keep the parents at arm's length and, and not really want to have the dialogue and conversation with them. For some reason, we always think it's going to be something negative about things that have gone on on the field or at practice. And and truly, without inviting them in, we're never actually going to know what their role is or what they want to do for us or what can they do for us in terms of helping the performance environment and certainly improving that environment. So, yeah, it's uh, an overlooked piece of the puzzle, I'd suggest. So where do we start with that process? How do we invite them in? Um, how do we inform them? Well, going way back when to podcast one, we you know we talked about you know what do we do as a beginning coach, and the first thing that we need to do is create. If if your organisation doesn't have a template, and I'm sure that many do at this point in time, based on my experiences, is create a welcome email. And then within that welcome email, I would suggest that you set up a time and place to have a face-to-face -face meeting with the parents. And there I would have a prescribed set of questions as opposed to a prescribed set of rules and regulations that you're going to read off to them. I would, I would set it up with a set of questions. Starts with the initial welcome email and then that invitation to please come and attend this meeting because we need to figure this thing out together. Absolutely. So really uh, creating allies out of the parents. 
I would say a really important thing is to uh, to let the parents know that you share the same goals. Your goal as a coach, hopefully, is to one that the kids have as much fun as possible, but two, they're also going to learn and develop. Uh, and we'd hope that would be the same for the parents. Uh, the other piece the parents are obviously going to be um, worried about is the safety of their player um, and inclusion piece as well. Um, because soccer, as we all know, there's so many more benefits to it than just becoming a more skilled player. Um, how are they going to learn to interact with peers? Is it going to be a good environment that you're shaping? You're absolutely right. I mean, if the basic need of players, as again, discussed on an earlier podcast, the basic need of players is to have fun, to get better, and to have that sense of belonging. Basic needs of parents, priority number one is safety. Am I putting my child into a safe environment not so, so much in terms of is the field safe, free of glass and debris and any kind of uh, thing that could injure them physically, but I, am I also putting them into an environment that is going to be safe for them mentally, emotionally, cognitively, so that they can experience what we would like all children to experience, which is an opportunity to express themselves for who they truly are, and then to understand what their basic needs are so we can help them to develop as soccer players. But it's that safety aspect for parents of knowing that you as the coach care about their child and it's not something that they would ever be afraid of walking away from for an hour or two and then returning to pick up. I'm not suggesting that that would create the best environment if that's what all of the parents did, but I think the point is clear, you know, the the safety idea of the coach being somebody who cares and is willing to nurture that child to become not only a better soccer player, but a better person overall. Absolutely. Uh, the term used by US soccer uh, with regards to parents and managing the performance environment is inform, involve, inspire. Um, so how do we involve and inspire parents? Well, let's go back to this uh, team meeting piece. If you, you know, you've sent out the email, you've set up your team meeting, and potentially it's uh, at the end of one of your first practices. I would suggest a practice pr- uh, rather than a game, for reasons that we may or may not touch on in this podcast. But so you've got them at a, a meeting environment. The first question should be what? Well, so, you know, after you, you've introduced yourself which should be really brief and then just ask the parents okay so what do you want for for your child from this experience on this team essentially why did you sign them up to play soccer with this group you know and be prepared for a little stretch of silence there because that it's not a common thing for a group of parents to show up for a, a meeting and the coach immediately starts talking well that's a, that's more common and what's less common is the coach starts asking well so okay what do you want out of it and ultimately there is what we're trying to do is trying to find out if we've got a shared goal or a set of shared goals that we can work together on excellent uh, so mass youth soccer has recently partnered with soccer parenting association a really great valuable resource um, that all of our members can take advantage of uh, in regards to um, all manner of uh, different questions, concerns, um, yeah. ideas that parents may have in regards to their child's soccer experience. Um, I mean, it really covers the whole gambit from uh, how do I inspire my child? Um, what happens if my uh, son or daughter is falling out of love of the game? Mm-hmm. How do we approach the coach of a concern? Uh, how to interact um, 
with players when you're on the sideline as a parent and so on. So uh, we will be obviously putting links and so on um, to the Soccer Parents and Association uh, below this podcast, wherever it's posted, um, but also sent out through the association as well. Uh, but it really involving and inspiring the parents there's so much you can do there Um, it's really down to um, how much you're willing to invest in the players in that team as a whole um, to really include those parents uh, and ensure they are part of that process for the players development yeah as 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 with uh with the situation with the players if it's about what's in front of you at that moment so in front of you at the team meeting You've got a group of parents that you're potentially meeting for the first time. In in terms of the involvement level, what do they bring to the table? Might be a good question to ask them. You might find that you've got different qualities and qualifications within the group that you can use to really enhance what you're trying to do as, as the coach. So that involvement piece is first let's figure out who they are and what they do and then what's their level of engagement and now taking that knowledge what can I bring to the table that's going to inspire them to say you know what this is something that really want to get behind and that's the inspiration piece isn't it once we've got them excited about the whole thing how can we inspire them to keep them involved and and keep them engaged so definitely those things yeah it's it does start with the information piece but it's not about you just providing information for them to them at them it's figuring out how how can I figure out who these people are and get them involved first and foremost. Yeah, essentially we're trying to create a community, a small community out of our team. And great word. Uh, the parents are part of that community, a really important part of that community. Essential, essential. Without them, good luck. <laughs> it, it, you won't near enjoy the experience like you should if you don't. Excellent. So, who else do we influence? Players, parents. That's a good question. Um, who else do we influence? Our families? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't tend to think of it too much outside of those circles, I guess. So I'm going to allow you to enlighten me here, which will be the best day ever. Oh, I... Oh, I got him. I got him. There Listeners. are... It, 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 as always, um, these type of questions, <laughs> the answer is going to be it depends on oh. uh, the organization that uh, the youth soccer coach is working with, um, the size of that organization, uh, the resources of that soccer organization. Yeah. Uh, recently, we did a coaching course in Concord Carlisle. They have a full-time director of coaching. is very yeah. active in the community. Um, so a coach would be able to... Um, potentially have influence over or be influenced by uh, a paid director of coaching, um, which might be different from an organization that has maybe 200 players um, who is purely dependent upon volunteers. And you've got three people that work really hard behind the scenes to do all the field scheduling, all of the registration, all of the the field lining and um, setup and everything else that goes into providing a a quality youth soccer experience. So uh, it, it does depend. Who are the important people? Uh, for sure, schedulers in regards to your training sessions, mm-hmm. in regards to your, your matches, um, league officials, um, the information. There has to be a good two-way flow of information. Uh, we're currently in the midst of a, a coronavirus pandemic. Um, and the, Are we ever? 
it's going to be a, a really interesting um, time for communication as people are moving games. Are we going to have a, a spring season? Is it going to be short under delayed? So um, having good relationships with, with those parties, both above, um, if you're in a, a you're a coach so you're looking towards a, a travel director or a recreational director a director of coaching maybe um, or if you're in one of those positions the coaches below you and those that you're you're reporting to the presidents of organizations the league administrators uh, so those would be people that can help you manage the performance environment um, you give me a list as long as my arm there yeah Julie, by the way <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm going back to your initial question of who else can I influence? So as as a grassroots coach, you know, I've got, to, I've got to understand who the people who are the influencers around me. So you're right. It's a myriad. It's a myriad. I would suggest that if you if your organization doesn't have a director of coaching, which would be my first port of call if I was a coach within an organization, uh, it's to be hoped and and. And for everybody listening out there, this this role of director of soccer development is really key here. That would be the next stopping point or the first stopping point, depending on the structure of your organization organizationally, that I would definitely go to the director of soccer development if we didn't have a director of coaching. And it's for guidance and assistance mm-hmm. and resources. And maybe those are the people that can help me influence the people who do the groundskeeping, do the field scheduling, do the scheduling of practices. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who potentially, you know, I'd, again, I've, I've been doing this a while, and you asked me who are the people who I, who I can influence as a coach. You know, I'd, it was difficult for me to get to the people above, around, below, at the side, but but that's what a sphere of influence is. It's not just those people directly who I have a hands-on dealing with as the the players and the parents. It's the directors of coaching. It's the presidents of organizations. It's the executive directors, if we're fortunate enough to have a structure that has that. It's, it's making sure that we understand who those people are and how they can influence our performance environment. And if it's not being influenced the right way, how can we give them a nudge to say, hey, what can we do to make changes here? So... Absolutely. I think it brings up an interesting uh, question about culture uh, in terms of managing the performance environment. Um, what is the culture of the organization that you're working in? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the expectations for uh, communication, but also um, the culture in a much grander scheme of things is um, do you have a clear understanding of what the mission, vision, values and what you're expected to do both on and off the field? without a shadow of a doubt again it's uh, the values your values your personal values what do you stand for what do you believe in are they aligned with your organization's values hopefully they will be and if they're not maybe you want to have a read on the website and figure that out and then once you've discovered whether you're aligned or not make your decisions based on that but certainly try to create that culture as put forth by the organization as the coach coming in, it, it's it's a, you're duty-bound to do that. If the culture is one of professionalism, it's of creating a positive environment, it's one of, I'm going to use the F word, having a fun time for the players. So it's, it's all of that. And if that's part of what your mission is, and that's the vision for the club, 
Well, it's your duty bound to uphold that and create that community and create that culture based on those values without without a doubt. Yeah. So uh, having an understanding of what those are really is key to you shaping that perform man or shaping and managing your performance environment for yeah. your players. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's interesting. There was a meeting the other night and uh, before I went into the meeting, I had a look on this particular town's website looking for the mission, vision, values and couldn't find anything. But what I did find was a purpose. And within the purpose, I found all the the keywords that I would associate with values and, and a mission and a pur- and a and a vision. So, yeah, if you if your website doesn't have a mission, vision and values, I'm hopeful that it does have a purpose because there should be a purpose of why your organization does what it does. And from there, you can start to create your culture. Excellent. Uh, let's change uh, gears. Wow. And <laughs> what was that? That was me changing gears. <laughs> let's talk about those that we can't influence. Ooh. Who is it going to be difficult to influence? Uh, and how might that shape our performance environment? Well, the further outside the realm of contact, I would suggest that those people would be the most difficult to really try to influence. You know, you can try to achieve that, you know, in different forms, but it, it just is much more difficult to actually get that done. You know, I'm I'm thinking in terms of even like, you know, maybe I'm going way off track here. I'm thinking in terms of city councils, you know, I'm working with them to help provide maybe more fields within the community uh, and, and that type of person. But it's not something that you would have a daily or weekly interaction with that you would maybe get to know intimately so you could have the conversations to make things happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a, a coach of a single team yeah. uh, in an organization, it's it's going to be difficult for you to have that relationship with the league, for example, that you're playing. Oh, yeah. Um, and from our perspective, Mass Youth Soccer, um, US Soccer, we have great relationships in regards to coaching education. But uh, if, if they come down with a mandate, then we generally have to um, go ahead and try and uh, help our members introduce that mandate in the, the most efficient and correct manner. Yeah, I mean, an example of that would be this birth date change, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, uh, we we ended up not fully adopting yet the birth year. Best decision ever. The birth year policy, and, and we may yet be found out to be wise in that decision, but I'm not going to go much further than that today. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, there's certainly within our sphere of influence, uh, not so much as on the grassroots level for a grassroots coach, but certainly at at the level in, at which we work with the state association. But yeah, there we, we can't have a great influence over all of the decisions that are made. But we, you know, we, what we can do is we can abide by them and hold up that culture too. So, so I said so again. I'm going to have to go one week without saying the word. So this is starting to get to me. Get a tally going. I am going to get yeah, I'm, I'm going to do well. some data collection on my so use. Uh, excellent well thank you very much we would greatly appreciate you listening uh, this has been um, a good discussion about managing the performance environment again if you have 
uh, recommendations for topics that you'd like to hear covered or discussed, uh, please reach out to us. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Yes, thank you, everybody. And if you've liked what you've heard, please let us know. And if you haven't heard what you'd like to have heard, please let us know that too. This is for you, and it is our pleasure to serve you. Have a great day. Make sure you wash your hands. Thank <laughs> you.